0: Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your living word. We pray that your Holy Spirit would illumine the word for us today, that in hearing, we might apply its lessons to our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: The Old Testament lesson this morning is taken from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 14, verses 7 to 10 and 19 to 22. Although our inequities testify against us, act, O Lord, for your name's sake, our apostasies indeed are many, and we have sinned against you. Our hope of Israel, its saviour in time of trouble, why should you be like a stranger in the land, like a traveller? turning aside for the night. Why should you be like someone confused, like a mighty warrior who cannot give help? Yet you, O Lord, are in the midst of us, and we are called by your name. Do not forsake us. Thus says the Lord concerning this people. Truly they have loved to wander. They have not restrained their feet. Therefore the Lord does not accept them. Now he will remember in their iniquity and punish their sins. Have you completely rejected Judah? Does your heart loathe Zion? Why have you struck us down so there is no healing for us? We look for peace, but find no good. For a time of healing, but there is terror instead. We acknowledge our wickedness, O Lord, the iniquity of our ancestors, for we have sinned against you. Do not spurn us for your namesake. Do not dishonor your glorious throne. Remember and do not break your covenant with us. Can idols of the nations bring rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Is it not you, O Lord, our God? We set our hope on you, for it is you who will do all this. Please stand if you're able and join join me in the response of Psalm 84 verses one to seven. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My, my soul, soul longs indeed, indeed it faints for, for the courts of the, of the Lord. Lord. My, my heart and my blood, flesh thanks thanks sing for, for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise. Happy are those whose strength is in you, in in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Beka, they make it a place of springs. The The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. The God of gods will be seen in Zion. Thank you. You may be seated. The New Testament reading this morning is from the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 6 to 8 and 16 to 18. As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all those who have longed for his appearing. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for this heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like the other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income
0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The text this morning on this Reformation Sunday is our response of Psalm, or Psalm 84, verses 1 to 7. It begins, the psalmist begins by saying, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. In our world today, especially in North American Protestantism, we've come to value less and less beautiful places to worship. We've, we've lost our, our sense of awe and, and wonder that's created both in a physical space and in our world in general. But primarily, primarily Protestantism over the last hundred years has become a religion of individualism so so long as I just have myself and Jesus I'm enough that's all I need but that concept is foreign both in the Old Testament and in the new the church has an integral place in the life of every believer of every Christian St. Ambrose of Milan, he said, to be ignorant of Jesus is to be ignorant of scripture. The scriptures tell us about the beauty of worshiping the Lord in holiness in a place that is set aside for worship of Almighty God and how important it is in the rhythm of our life to worship each and every week Would you believe that on Reformation Sunday, I would say that John Calvin agreed with the Roman church when he said, there is no salvation outside the church. A lot of Protestants today would bristle at that and they'd say, what do you mean there's no salvation outside the church? The church isn't our savior. No, but the church is our mother. She feeds us on the word and the sacraments. She draws us into the very heart of Jesus and allows us to see the importance and beauty of Almighty God. The church is important. Worshiping our Lord God Almighty is not just a suggestion, but it's a directive. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. The Jewish people and early Christians, when they began to build churches, when they weren't being persecuted, were able to build magnificent buildings. When you went into them, you often gained a sense of awe and power. Not our power, but the power of the living God. When I was in Israel, a few years ago, I walked into one of the, the churches, and uh, I looked around and I thought, well, this is very similar to our church. But then I looked up over where the altar would be. They, they called it an altar. We would, we would call it a communion table. And over top of the altar, I looked up into the, into the ceiling And lo and behold, guess what I saw building a nest there? It wasn't a pigeon, it was a sparrow. A sparrow was building a nest over the altar by the Sea of Galilee. And this sparrow was going in and out of the windows of this church. And then it dawned on me what the psalmist said. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. See, this wasn't just an image that we read in Psalm 84. This is the reality in which even the smallest of God's creatures are welcome in this great house. I'm not saying you should leave your doors open for the pigeons to find their way in here (laughs) or even the sparrows. But at the end of the day, from the smallest of things to the greatest, they all find a place near the altar of the Lord God Almighty. And God is pleased to have them dwell there. All of us have a place in God's home. All of us have a place near the altar. And happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise. This is the wonder of Protestantism when it is unleashed we recognize the importance of, being draw- of drawing near to our Savior, to feed upon its word and upon the sacraments, and to know that we have been fed and that we are welcome here. One of the other things that I remember about that beautiful day when I saw the sparrows coming in and out of the church sanctuary. It reminded me of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's often given to us in the form of a dove. And this church had what was called a Holy Spirit hole. Have you ever heard of that? Maybe not. It's common in, in some churches Uh, Roman Catholic or perhaps Orthodox more. But in this particular church, on Pentecost Sunday, when the sun would be just at the perfect angle, some of the men, maybe women, would crawl up on top of the church and they would slide the tile away from the roof and the sunshine would shoot down onto the altar. So there'd be this beam of of concentrated light that would shine down upon the altar of the church. And of course, this was for them a, a visible symbol of the spirit coming to the people that through the preaching of the word, and the sharing of the sacraments, the Spirit enlivened the church. And you're saying, well, John, you don't seem very excited. Well, this is as excited as I get. But I am excited. When the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost on the altar, I'm sure, I am sure, that for the first time, men and women and even children experienced a power that was unworldly, un-Presbyterian almost. It caused them to hear, and see, and do things that normally they could not do by themselves. It empowered them beyond their own capabilities and situation. All of us at St. Andrews are filled with the Spirit. The Spirit, when it is upon us, allows us to do things and to say things and to be the people that we need to be in the 21st century. We can do more with the Spirit than we can alone. So as a congregation, all of us can claim that heritage. We are not alone. We come into this sanctuary, this place of peace, this place of holiness, this place of rest to leave as servants of the living God to go out into the world, to share our faith in word and deed. And there is nothing, nothing that can stop us. I remember there are times in my ministry where I am sure I was more confused and felt more alone than any other minister who ever came before me. I think every minister has those moments. I remember I was preaching when I was just 26 years old in a little place called Goshen, New Brunswick. Anybody ever hear of Goshen? (laughs) (laughs) It's not very big. I remember one sunny afternoon I thought that I was going to have a good sermon and it was a hot day and after 20 minutes the people were getting a little restless. I was only about halfway through. And this cow came over the fence and walked through the graveyard and over to the church and I could see it coming along the windows, and I thought, what is that cow going to do? Didn't it stick its head through the open window? And it looked up at me, and I thought, this is crazy. And it began to bellow. And I thought, this sermon is over. <laughs> they, the people in the congregation were more interested in the cow than they were me. Because they began to say, "Well, that's that's Johnny Randall's cow." No, that's not Johnny Randall's cow. That's that's Tal, Talmadge's cow down the road. No, no, it's not. It's. I'm telling you, it's Randall's cow. And finally, I said, "Well, in conclusion." And they said, "Yes, yes, Reverend." In conclusion. And I felt so discouraged. But I've learned over the years that God speaks to us in this place in amazing ways. He would take the words of a, of a young minister who really didn't know what he was saying or doing, and he used them. I don't know how, but he used them. He probably used that cow, too. But I know this, when we come into this place, the Word of God never comes back empty. All of the things that you know, all of the things that you have been taught. When I was saying to the children, even when they're standing on their head upside down, they are still hearing the Word. And they're hearing the Word in the midst of a wonderful fellowship of people. And that's the church. The Church is not filled with necessarily people like myself who are great orators. I can be replaced by a cow. But it is filled with the Holy Spirit. It is filled with the Word of God. And it is filled with the sacraments. And this is what makes this place unique in all of the world. There is no other place like this. It's even a place where sparrows can come and find a home. Know this and believe this and practice this. Listen to what the psalmist says in conclusion. You know, when I ever say in my church down in St. John, and in conclusion, one lady goes apoplectic and she knows it's never the end, but I promise that this is the end. The psalmist says they go from strength to strength. The God of God's will be seen in Zion. You too will go from strength to strength and you will see that God is in this house. Amen.